0: Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard, who's not here, but he's on his way back in. Mike Molina? And Doug Sprinthal. And we'll be back back in a couple of seconds. We're going to talk a little bit. Got another great guest coming up. Great guest today, as a matter of fact. Wonderful. Larry Singer, Stephen B. Young, and another great guest coming up. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the
1: latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
0: bradshaw and brian you know who's here is doug sprinthal Walzer Motor group Walzer.com.
2: in the flesh i want to talk about lifetime powertrain uh, coverage that you get when you buy any new car from our minnesota stores and 80 percent of our used ones a powertrain is it's basically major medical coverage for your car so it protects uh the engine the pistons uh, the connecting rod, so on and so forth. The transmission, the four-wheel drive system. It's all that the stuff that honestly it doesn't break very often. But if it does go bad, you know, an engine in cars. The cheap ones are five grand, uh, and they go up from there. So it's major medical coverage, and you get it for free. It's included at no charge if you buy new cars from us, and most of our used in Minnesota, and it's covered as long as you own the car. So. The Guys like Michael Bryant really cost us a lot of money because they drive cars for 400,000 miles before they trade. But for most people, it works out pretty
0: good. I love that you had to take, you had to take a shot at Michael.
2: Well, I miss him. I, I haven't talked to him in a while.
0: I know. Where
3: is he? I, I told know, him, get in here. Driving he's around. been emailing me. He's been emailing you? Yeah, every so often he'll... he'll I mean, he listens to the show, clearly. Because, he does, yes. Yeah, every so often he'll email me about something that... Uh, we said on the show. He, I think he yeah, swore he, off
2: Wednesdays, the time that uh, um, L.A. Nick tried to convince him that that NASCAR was the American sport with the most history.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that sent him right off the cliff.
2: <laughs>
3: Wait, that did what? send him off the cliff, you're right. Considering cars have only existed for about 120 years, <laughs> yeah, that's I right. it's wonderful. <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. <laughs>
2: Little Rock History. For the next break, cue up Little Richard's I Hear You Knocking But You Can't Come In. Yes, I know all about you. Well, but not everybody does. I know you know it, but it's John Bonham ripped off the intro note for note. It's beautiful.
0: (laughs) I hear you knocking but you can't come in. I love that song. Well, that's Louis
2: Jordan. That's the original version. Little Richard was... It
0: is the original version.
2: The rock and roll
0: version. it was indeed... Great, great song. Really, really good song, as a matter of fact. Doug, I'm really glad you were here to talk to Stephen B. Young. I love the fact that he was at Harvard the same time your father was. I mean, in in ways... With seven and a half billion people on Earth, it is still a pretty damn it, it, small world. In
2: Minneapolis this is the smallest town in the world. It's just—it's it's crazy. And I did read his article, and I didn't want to take him to task. I disagreed with a bit of it. I thought it was a little bit simplistic, but I re- I respected the way that he made his arguments, and he's just an interesting guy to talk to.
0: Yeah, and, and I liked James Linfesti's article as well. I should probably reach out to James and have him on. What I'm trying to get done, I think, on this show— um, and it 's it 's not an easy road to hoe because if you go way left or you go way right you 're going to get hundreds of thousands of listeners because you agree with everything they say yeah that 's right but
2: it's an echo if you, chamber if
0: you 're trying to it is an echo chamber, but by trying to take a centrist position on things it 's going to be a lot more work, but i don 't care. I, I think the only way we're going to make it... And I i didn't speak clearly. Uh, yeah, I know that the Martin Luther King uh, speech uh, was in 1963. But but listening to his last sermon he gave before he was killed in 68, and I didn't make it clear. now he didn't repeat that line. But that line keeps ringing in my head, and it has now for 50 years. I,
3: I just... Well, 55 years now. Yeah. Well, speaking of echo chambers, um, I was... I mentioned that whole um, young versus old voters thing, Mm -hmm. and then um, you said uh, you weren't so sure about that. Uh, We're both right in a way. Um, Young voters do (laughs) lean lean more left. Um, 55% for Trump, or uh, for Clinton versus 37% for Trump. So there's a pretty big divide there, but uh, it is actually less than. In '08, uh, when it was 66 for Obama, 32 percent for McCain, so um, there there is a you know pretty big divide there still. I, I think it's but hard it to compare those two elections
2: because you know I I think a lot of people had a difficult time, and Mike and I were just talking about in the '16. I think more people were voting against the other candidate than for people. We're back in '08. I, yes, I think Obama, so. a lot of people did vote for. McCain and for Obama, they weren't really voting. Is if that makes sense? So,
3: well, the last time that uh, the eighteen to twenty-nine demo favored uh, the Republicans was in nineteen eighty-eight. Now eighty-four and eighty-eight, they both favored uh, the Republicans. Reagan, that was Reagan,
2: Reagan and Bush.
3: Well, apparently uh, the young people liked Reagan. Well, he was on TV, so that made sense. That's true. Um, but then. Older people, aka 65 plus, have always favored the Republicans, except in 92 and 96 and 2000. So I guess the older people don't didn't like uh, Clinton very much. Well, 96 no, no, was back, back then, 90, then,
2: guess, right. 92 and 96 was Clinton.
3: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they were. They. Oh wait, no. For, yeah. Uh, who, who who was a Republican back then? Well, Bush was. 92, was 96. Bob in 96. Yeah, yeah Bob Dole. Bob Dulles, one, so yeah. they didn't like Bob Dole. And uh, and George H.W. Bush, Bush. And, and yeah. yeah, they didn't like Bob Dole or George Bush Sr. for some reason. Or no, they right. really, really liked uh, Bill Clinton.
2: Yeah, there was just a mini-recession so in go. 91. That's what lost him the election. Like Caravelle said, uh, it's yeah. about the economy, stupid. Because he went from huge yeah, approval reason, ratings after Desert Storm to losing the election eight months
3: later. It was just amazing. Read my lips, Doug. Here's an interesting thing, though. The Democratic margin for the young people was the highest it's ever been in 2000—well, highest it's ever been in the past, you know, 50 years—in 2008. So there was, you know, a pretty big skew in 2008. But for uh, the older people's margin towards the Republicans, uh, it was the highest in 72 and has gotten more moderate since then. So really? young that people are sense. actually getting less moderate. Old people are getting more moderate, See, which I, I believe— Totally. That is the problem that
0: I have because I, I, I literally, if this is going to be a talk show and, and now, uh, you know, we're all over the state of Minnesota and we're going to expand out from there, I just would like, that's why I liked it so much that you were here today, Doug. Yeah, when, no, this is fun. And Stephen B. Young is is not a conservative. He, we he need might a filthy lean- liberal to... Put some balance into our show. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, Doug, we need a filthy liberal. Well, that was my idea that
2: we'd get the the square off sometime. Uh, Michelle Tafoya, and I can't remember who the other one was, and we're going to bring Gelfan in and Michael Bryant and just go at it. Shelby. Oh,
0: Shelby.
3: Oh, Shelby, God. You are right in that since our listeners tend to be, I think, like 45 or 50 is our average age, that means they're more likely to be moderate uh, than the younger crowd, so. Appealing to a more moderate viewpoint does make more sense. Yeah, I just, uh, I just
0: think moderation is a good thing. I didn't learn that in life, of course, like being <laughs> even keel, uh, or say? moderation in consumption. Uh, yeah, might be time so for the concussion I, I, protocol. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, so you basically you're saying I'm working on more on myself than anything else. Yeah, learning moderation. That is true. I, I, I think maybe that is part of the whole situation because I just, you know, the I'm, I'm not a very moderate person when it comes to losing my temper. That is true. That part is, I understand that. And moderation, yes. It's, it's not always been my whole card, let me put it that way. <laughs> but I just don't, I still don't understand. Explain to me how it is that you're going to improve uh, the United States of America by fighting racism while hating white men. You're hating them. One of the reasons you hate them is because of their race. What are you doing? I know it is, and I'm talking about mostly other white people. Yeah, we
2: are. A, it is a weird group to be a member of.
0: It really is odd. Now, it's it's. Un, we had none of the power. I, I, Andy, of course, his generation, he had, he's had zero to do with this. But you and you and I, Doug, have we had that much influence on how uh, the United States has turned out? I don't think so. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I want to read this story because it's it's rather interesting. Uh, this is from a woman named Ebony Elizabeth Thomas. Has she ever been on this show, Andy, Ebony Elizabeth Thomas? That name sounds so familiar. It does, doesn't it? Uh, I don't th- I think th- so. You don't think so? Let me see. Uh, she, yeah, while well, you're searching. How Haiti Became Poor by Tim Carmody. I don't know uh, Mr. Carmody. but Nope. Okay. In case you missed it, the president of the United States called Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries. He did not call all African countries shite holes. He didn't do that. He said some of them. And there's no proof that he even said that. Uh, They say then he pretended like he didn't say it, but basically said it all over again. This matters not just because it's racist. The president is racist, in fact. He's professionally racist. He is vulgar. The S-hole, one of the all-time great swear words, is forever sullied by this. And because it's catastrophically bad for foreign and domestic relations, I don't see the catastrophe here. Do you yeah, see our defense, domestic
3: right? relations with Rwanda aren't our most uh, important goal right now. Well, or Haiti, I, for that and instance, and I think at
2: this point, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. Probably, this is not the opinion of Walzer Automotive Group, but I think the most of the world is no longer shocked about what comes out of the president's mouth. This isn't no, really no. groundbreaking stuff.
3: No, at first people were like, "I can't believe the president is saying that," but you know, after and now a year, it's of like, it, "I can't believe it, we haven't heard anything it. for three days." <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: But see the reason i'm reading this article is uh how haiti became poor that was the name of the article but basically what we've done so far is not talk about how haiti became poor all we've talked about is beating up on the president and Mm -hmm. white supremacy right Mm -hmm. why is that even in there I want to know how Haiti became poor. It was a long time before Donald Trump was president of the United States. Has
3: Haiti ever not been poor? That was my uh, question. Yeah. Has, I mean, they're like the uh, epicenter of all natural disasters, so that's going to take its toll, for one.
0: Right. Ex- well, absolutely right. Uh, Absolutely, it's, it's earthquakes and hurricanes, right? Yeah, it's
3: like yeah. Try uh, building a strong economy on a tiny island that's constantly being destroyed. What I love is if you go to the Dominican Republic,
0: which shares the other half of uh, shares the island, the other half of the island, uh, Hispaniola. Uh, if Haitians come over the mountains, the Dominicans tend to kill them, or at least did about twenty years ago. I don't know if they do any longer, but it's not exactly a race based problem there. Because they tend to be all all black.
3: Well, we uh, even see that in Minnesota. The, yeah, you um, do. The African American community, as it were, and the like actual African community are kind yeah. of at odds. They're definitely at odds caused by uh, it's a national thing, not, a, national not a race thing. thing.
0: That's exactly right. It's not race, it's nationalism. Ebony Elizabeth Thomas, a professor of education and scholar who's closely studied these narratives, writes, The reason why white nationalists like 45 always name Haiti because the Haitian nation and people are unique. Haiti defeated Napoleon, threw off the chains of slavery, exposed the lie of white supremacy and European imperialism, so there's no end to the hatred for Haiti. You really think that's true? Wow. This is an article about how Haiti became so poor. And this is what we end up with, is how horrible white men are
2: again. Who who published that?
0: Uh, It's published by... Yeah, it does. I'm going to have to scroll up. Uh, uh,
3: kotke.org, K-O-T-T-K-E, Kotke.org. The the Haitian Revolution, uh, I don't know if I'd say they beat Napoleon. No, they didn't defeat Napoleon. Uh, It's ridiculous. Yeah, Napoleon versus Haiti. Well, for one, Haiti had the British on their side. Right. Um, But the end result was France had 75,000 dead. Uh, England and Haiti combined had 250,000 dead. So, yeah, I would not say that they won that war. Yeah, it's more that France was just like, I don't care anymore. Right. Because that was back when Napoleon was basically taking over everything he could find. He just wasn't particularly good at it. What what shocks me again What well, doesn't
0: shock me. I shouldn't say it shocks me because it doesn't shock me. I'm trying to find out—I'm trying to find the answer— uh, because what I've been taught my entire life, and what I know about Haiti, is that the people never get any of the relief money we send to the people of Haiti. They never see any of it. That the the rotten to the core uh, leadership takes everything, and always has taken everything. Isn't that the narrative you've pretty much heard your whole life? Yeah, that doesn't help.
2: Well, in the last right? go round, a lot of it was it wasn't it wasn't graft down in Haiti. It was up here. A yeah, lot of that's those. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: They get it was terrible
0: yeah i mean it's it's people in power stealing money that's why haiti is so poor that's all i've ever known now i don't know if we'll ever get to that in this article because the first i'd say 10 paragraphs maybe 15 paragraphs are just about how much they hate donald trump and all all other white men I, I, i that's all you want to talk about now but how can you end racism if you hate white men Isn't that racist? They don't understand that. They do not understand it, do they? Jonathan Katz, a journalist and former AP correspondent in Haiti who wrote, The big truck that went by about Haiti's 2010 earthquake and the cholera epidemic that followed has a longer thread spelling out how these narratives about Haiti were generated and how they work. In order to do a victory lap around the GDP difference between, say, Norway and Haiti, you have to know nothing about the history of the world... That includes especially knowing nothing real about the history of the United States. You'd have to know, not know that the French colony that became Haiti provided the wealth that fueled the French Empire. What? Uh, I'm pretty sure that France had a lot of other holdings, not just Haiti.
3: Well, for some pretty strong uh, evidence toward that uh, the government is taking everything uh, argument, the, do you know what, I don't know if it's Gini or Guinea coefficient... Um, it's basically just a number that uh, details how the uh, income inequality is in a country. And for most places, uh, it's a pretty much like a non-thing. Um, but then there's places like Haiti, which is the seventh worst in the world. Uh, it goes from zero to a 100, where a 100 is basically not possible. It would mean one person owns all the wealth, Um And Haiti is at 59, whereas the highest country is at 63. So it's only four points off of the highest in the world in terms of income inequality, which basically means there is no way that uh, the government isn't hoarding all the money that we're sending them.
2: Here's a joke from 1983. What's the worst thing about about having AIDS? The answer is convincing your parents you're Haitian.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, well, that's... I tell you, we'll talk about Belle Glade, Florida sometime, the highest rate of, uh, of AIDS in the United States, and it's because so many Haitians live there. It's, it's a f- horribly sad story about a, how the Haitian people have been taken advantage of by pretty much everybody, yep. not just white guys. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.
3: I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company.
0: Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to hanging out on the dock with family and friends. Let Flow enhance your experience with their rock solid dock systems. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Flow boat lifts are a breeze to level using a cordless drill with their patented easy level system. Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. Visit Flow at the Minnesota Sportsman Show at River Center in St. Paul, January 18th through the 21st. Be sure to ask for the show special where, with a qualified purchase, you'll receive a free three-piece furniture set or free wireless remote. And mention you heard this ad on KQ for an additional $50 off a dock or lift system. To find out more about Flow Systems, visit their website at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow Docks and Lifts, a better way.
1: Keep on knocking but you can't come in Keep on knocking but you can't come in Keep on knocking but you can't come in Come back tomorrow night and try it again You said you love me and you can't come in You said
0: you love me and you can't come You know what's amazing about that? And this will piss off Molina to no end. You can find every one of Led Zeppelin's riffs in early 50s uh, or late 50s and early 60s music. There's oh, yeah. a lot of that There's in a... uh,
3: '80s, 70s and 80s music. Stairway to Heaven wasn't even close to being their own riff. Uh, uh, Deep Purple, um, Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water. That's that... taken from Mastered Gulp Oh, Erto yeah, Page and Plant were that... big
2: fans of uh, 50s music in America.
0: Yep, absolutely. Which is great. Hey, yeah. look, I, that first album came out. Magnificent.
2: Yeah, I think Jimmy Page is speaking genius, of, actually. He's just, I think oh, he's just brilliant. Well, I think
0: so.
3: Speaking of uh, huge rip-offs, uh, if you can find it on YouTube, look up uh, the music uh, from Mega Man 1, um, Elec Man's stage, E-L-E-C. I think you'll probably recognize it. Well, let's hear it. Can you? Can you... He can find it. It's so, just, I mean, I can't play what's he, it. What's Yeah, you can't play it. What, what, what's he looking up? He, he knows what, I'm, what I said. I think. Oh, you know, he's you on know on this a, mic? Uh
2: I think so. What was it one more time? I know it's got Elect Man.
3: Elect Man? Mega yeah. Man 1? Okay. It's music? Yeah. I think you'll recognize it. That is the stage select. Oh, you're uh, you're watching like gameplay. Well, um, you'll hear it anyway in the background of the gameplay. All right, here it comes. No, A bit yeah. familiar it's, that's amazing it's straight out of that song yeah but because it was the <laughs> 80s for some reason there was like basically you can shut it off now there was Please. basically like no uh there was basically no um copyright protection for songs back then for some reason because i mean that song wasn't even old at the time when did that come out Probably right about uh, then. What was, yeah. What 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 was that song called again? I can find it by just googling "You Like Man Rip Off." <laughs> <Yeah>, that's true. <laughs> Let's see. It's a very uh, very familiar song, but I can't think of the name of it. It was by. Is it Journey? You know, well, it was by Journey. Yeah. Yeah. So it what it, it can't have been very old. Oh God! What's the name of it? Don't it's stop. I know, right? No. No, it's not. No. Don't
0: stop believing. Oh God! What is it? I, I can't call think of. it. Oh, faithfully. Meh.
3: Yeah, that's it. Yes, 83. '83. It's hilarious. 83. Yeah, and and Mega Man One is like I think it's from 85, maybe. So yeah. So a couple years later. So that era was rife with music theft for some reason. I love the fact that they use the argument that there were only so
0: many notes and ways to use them. No. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that argument.
3: Definitely. I mean, people are still coming up with original riffs today. They just you know it takes effort.
0: It does. It takes a lot of effort. I wanted to go back to hour one for a second. Larry Singer, that whole story about Florida and why, because I I always wondered that as a kid and no one could ever tell me why, why did they move all the way across the United States to make movies when they could have just gone right down the East Coast to Florida, which was already much more established than the West Coast? Why did they do that? And it it is literally because Thomas Edison was anti-Semitic, I
3: don't know if he was anti-Semitic. No, he, he was n- necessarily. Mm. He was, I mean... Like, I don't think he was as it was, bad as
2: Henry Ford, but they, they were buddies. No, no, yeah. no. That's the I thing,
3: mean. is he was friends with Henry Ford, so everyone kind of, there was like a guilt by association thing in, in there. He did say, like, he believed that, like, Jewish people had a, like, a six, a literal sixth sense for business, that kind of thing. Yeah, he did think that, But yes. he also wrote a lot of letters about how, like, um, you know, it's... Uh, time to they got they've been persecuted and you know let's all be friends etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. so i don't think he was anti-semitic i think it was just it was 1915 or whenever and um you know people talked a lot more forthcomingly than we do today you you would never say like you know the jew is great at making money because yeah right yeah. but no, back no, exactly. then that's just kind of how people talked well what's interesting is our president they said that
0: not to, too long ago by the way
3: <laughs> yeah that's true
0: uh <laughs> Well, his son-in-law, as you know. But in any case, the move to Los Angeles, I don't know how much money it cost Thomas Edison because one of the reasons they moved so far away is they could hide from the copyright laws and not pay him a dime on all of the properties that he owned, all of the ideas that he owned. I, I just, I never could understand that until it was like, oh, so basically... Uh, there was an argument, and then you just ripped the guy off like there was no tomorrow. Because I don't think it was a, a solely Jewish thing, moving to Los Angeles to no. make movies. Uh, I, I've never gotten that impression in any case. Yes, a lot of Jews did go out there, but uh, so did a lot of other people like Italians. I mean, you go down the list. Spaghetti Westerns? I didn't, yeah, Spaghetti Westerns, yeah. Sergio Leone moved out to Los Angeles, and... No, it just made no sense to me. You could hop on a train and go down to Florida and make all the movies you want. You don't have to leave your family. Uh, I mean, back in those days... Did you ever get to go back home to New York? If you moved to LA, it's very, very rare. I
3: have a feeling it was. Yeah, I mean, when was the first commercial flight? It can't oh, have God. been until like at oh, the cross 40s country. At the yeah, very 40s earliest. or
2: so. I mean, you know, Lindbergh was 1927 when he flew across the Atlantic. Right. But that was just
3: a. It was just yeah, that was a one-person thinger from
2: commercial.
0: I just love those stories about why things happened the way they did. Because everybody, why do people
3: love to skip over, why did that happen? They nuance don't care? Nuance is not popular. It, well, it's hard to teach. Nuance is difficult to teach. So I suppose, So yeah. when they're teaching that, they just kind of skip over it because it would take too long, I guess. See, I find that fascinating.
0: I love nuance. Why did this happen the way it happened? It makes no sense. To move from New York to L.A. made no sense back then. At all unless you were going somewhere to hide, right? It is
2: an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, because what was out
0: there, and, it, and as it turns out, they did go there to hide from Thomas Edison.
2: But when, did, when did they start making big money in movies? Was it after they that Edison invented the the talking picture? Because they were silent until, what, the late 20s or so.
0: Well, the big dough didn't come across until they, they started making those massive pictures. I mean, 1939 is the year that everybody cites because it was The Wizard of Oz and it was Gone with the oh, Wind. Okay. And now you go down all the movies that came out in 39, But So I would assume it was sometime in the early 30s. Okay. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it was just... I'm thinking about, you know, I don't remember when Edison died. I think it might have been about 1930 or so. I, I, there might not have been that much money in the in the movie business. Well, he still owned all the patents, though, yeah, so I that's assume true. his family inherited yeah. them.
0: He, he, they would have had to pay him, and they never paid him a dime, from what I understand. I have to ask you guys a question about this, because it did pop up this morning in the Washington Post, and I I had some interest in it, but I don't have a selfie. Uh, I just I've never taken a selfie in my life, so I don't have one. Uh, Washington Post had an article this morning, Google Arts and Culture Android app uses AI to match your face with a painting. I mean, so the painting's not of you. It's just it matches your face with a painting of someone who looks just like you. But now what I find out, now that was this morning when I got up at, you know, like 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, actually, it was about 3.30 in the morning. I was looking at that going, that's interesting. Why? And then I watched the news later on in the day, and apparently now there are some huge security concerns as far as Google Arts and Culture Android app is concerned. How, Andy, would that that, that come about? Do you, I don't know. I didn't do it because I said I don't have any selfies uh, in my possession do you have to when you enter well I don't want you go into it if, if it's going to ask you all these questions I, I'm just going to punch up the story you know what I'm talking about there there, there are great concerns right now that, that uh, there are a lot of security problems with this new app this face match uh, to art app that we're talking about here
3: why? what's security? Uh, I don't know I'm trying to it. find
0: a story on it because all I can find now is that match your face to a piece of, a piece of art thing but I did see on the news, and it was uh, a national news broadcast that said they're they're having some problems with it. Maybe you can find the story.
2: My concern I don't know what this is, is a little bit broader. So Google's got more money than anybody on the planet, and they hire all these really smart people to make junk like this. How about taking some of those that brain power and trying to cure cancer or do some good for the rest yeah, of the it
3: world? Yeah, it is very disgusting. strange. Sorry. That is a – no, you're, but see, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, well, why? they do it because it becomes viral, it gets in the news, no, and get it gets it. people to, you know, it gets it makes them more money in the end. Yeah, you know, and that is
2: this, this, that's sad, I think.
3: It is very sad. Yes, but it's yeah, how it is. Andy, uh, I just saw a picture of
0: Alexa Score, that uh, young 27-year-old woman who's, uh, you know, she she's a conservative in some ways and liberal in other ways, and she can't find a conservative-minded millennial... Uh, that's uh, Alexis score right there on the uh, on the screen, Andy. Uh, not a bad-looking young woman, I'll tell you that. <laughs> she's, uh, I, what, uh, seriously, her quote is living with cancer and still living my dream. How terrific is that? She's a big-time wakeboarder. Wow. And she's in the entertainment business. I'm, I don't know how, but uh, very, very cool. But
3: I just, I don't know.
0: Do you think that I'm being foolish, trying to, to maintain... A centrist position on a talk show.
3: It'll get it will come back. I'm trying it, to think if there i I'm low right now. Any
2: talk show hosts that you would consider to be centrist centrists.
3: Not one that I know of. No, not you really. know,
2: other than There's Oprah. Not
0: one that I know of in the entire country. I'm kidding. Yes, Oprah, absolutely. Well, and the thing about it is, it's just like being a politician. There are some good politicians in the world, but all of the ones that we know about, because they're so famous, are some of the most selfish pigs on earth that will do anything to get your vote.
3: Yeah, it's like, for all we know, the uh, governor of, I don't know, Kansas, we don't know who they are. They could be centrist, but we don't know who they are we because, yes, because they're not all bombastic and constantly getting in the news. And that's the problem with talk
0: shows. The Talk shows are, are either way far right... Are way far left. Uh, Newspapers tend to be the same. Did you know, you know, in Washington, there's the Washington Post owned by Amazon, of course, uh, and there's the Washington Times. Washington Post is very liberal, Washington Times is very conservative. The Washington Post has eight times more circulation. In the Washington Times. In Washington, D.C., it's got to be very difficult to be a conservative newspaper in Washington, D.C., don't you think? Well,
2: part of it is because Amazon's digital marketing is pretty brilliant. I would imagine that it's not 8-1 to one is, yeah. within Washington. It's just that they're, they're selling a lot of the posts nationally because they do such a good job at that. That's I think that's probably it.
0: they have good writers, that's true. But it's getting more and more liberal as time goes by because yep. Jeff Bezos is way over to the left. But, see, here, here's the deal, and this is my opinion, and I'd like to hear some from some listeners on this, that I will try to establish this as a, this as a moderate talk show uh because i've had a nice career and everything's gone well so most people on the far left and the far right are so far left and so far right because that's where the money is that's what they care about they're going to make as much money as they possibly can and have people tune in i agree with everything you say i it's very severe and i agree with it
3: all it feels good to uh, have everyone you know tell you how right and smart you are and I mean it's all fake and I think deep down they yeah. all know that but they can uh, you can still delude yourself into living in a fantasy world if you really want to
0: but see it was it was interesting to me and actually exciting to me to have Stephen B Young and Doug on at the same time because neither one of you is too far left or too far right there are things you agree with things you don't agree with with one another but that's what I'm trying to reach I'm trying to get there uh, and it's it's not been easy that's for sure but we're we're uh, going to keep moving in the right, dire- right uh, direction. Like I said, I talked to Michael. Michael Bryant tends to be pretty far left. Yeah, he's a think? lefty. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a lefty. Every time Michelle says something
2: all- crazy on the morning show, my phone lights up. Oh, and I know. It's a text from oh. Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But Michael Bryant and I get along really, really well. But now again, I'm not a far righty, so you know maybe that has something to do with it. But Michael and I talk about politics all the time, whether it's texting or on the phone or whatever. Uh, I enjoy learning things. Michael makes good points, you know. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, and you're the same way. Yeah, exactly. So that's we're trying to get there. So it's not like I hate you automatically because you don't think what I think. I'm trying to learn, uh, you know, even at this position in my life, I'm trying to learn things. I don't think anybody's learning anything. Anything right now, because of such uh, severe political positions. What would be really Can anybody learn
2: anything? What would be really interesting, I think, and it would force people to listen to what people are saying. And it'll never happen. But imagine if we've got rid of the labels Democrat and Republican, and there weren't yeah. really two parties, and you just listened to the person, tried to figure out what they're about, and 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 make judgments for yourself as to whether. You know they were going to be positive, helpful running the country or not. It'll never happen, but I think it is a big part of the problem. Voting would drop no. to
3: like five percent. <laughs>
0: That's probably true. We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone said it was. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. Look, my my head stays level. You know, it's not too high, not too low. My neck feels much better because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering a buy one MyPillow, get another one absolutely free. Don't delay, this offer will end on January 31st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code Tom. Again, please use promo code Tom. That's promo code Tom. MyPillow.com. Tom Bernard here. Hey, would you turn down a job that paid you thirty to $60,000 an hour? That's basically what you're doing if you don't attend the SellerWorkshop.com series this month, hosted by the Chris Lindahl team with Remax Results. In about an hour, you'll learn how to potentially make thirty to $60,000 more on the sale of your home. Chris, why are you giving away the secret sauce? Oh, great question. If you love something,
1: set it free, right? Seriously, I'm on a mission to help people make the money they deserve when they sell their home. Whether it's my team or someone else, the fact is, the world has changed when it comes to home selling, yet people are still doing it the traditional way and leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table.
0: It drives you crazy when people do it wrong, doesn't it?
1: I just hate seeing people lose money. At the SellerWorkshop.com series, you'll learn the methods we've developed at the Chryslandall team that have made us the number one Remax results team in the nation. You walk out with all the tools you need to make tons more money on your next home sale, and
0: it's totally free. The Seller Workshops are happening January 29th through the 31st. Seating is limited and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit SellerWorkshop.com or Call 763-401-SOUL. Yeah, baby.
2: Just got a text text from Sarah. She's cocktailing already. That's a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, well, it is 243. I, I, don't, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I figured out a brilliant Christmas present. So she's a huge Hamilton fan. She's been singing it forever, and I can't
0: stand it.
2: I don't like Lin-Manuel Noriega. So I sent Sarah and our girlfriend down to Chicago to see it tonight, so she's all excited.
0: Manuel Noriega. <laughs> <laughs> You're unbelievable. So she's going to have fun in Chicago tonight. Yep. Yep. Did you tell her where to go to dinner?
2: Um, You know, I I decided not to be her dad. I said, You've been to Chicago a bunch of times. You know cool places. And the theater is pretty much in the North Loop, pretty much where it's close to where NBC is. Oh, yeah, great. And they're staying at the Climpton, one of those art hotels. So I'm sure they'll find, they'll get in a lot of trouble, those two. But anyway, it's good.
0: They will get in a lot of trouble. See, it's in, that's interesting, a coincidence right there, because I was just thinking about what we were just talking about now, trying to uh, trying to hold a moderate position. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the things, excuse me, that popped up in my head was the last time we were all in Chicago together, and Sarah was there, of course, with you. And But we were sitting at the table having dinner, and there were three big tables of people. We were down there November 2nd, uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, something like that. And we were all sitting at dinner, and there were a lot of uh, very powerful people there. There's no question about that. And sitting right across from me was Michael Bryant, right. And sitting right next to Michael Bryant was uh, Mike Lindell from My Pillow. Now uh, Michael leans pretty far left, and Mike Lindell leans pretty far right. He's a he's an ardent Christian, and I don't think I'm giving anything away because he's very you know open about that. No, he talks about how he's friends with Trump all the time. Yeah, he does. And those two got along just fine. I mean, I didn't see any, any uh, friction there, did you?
2: No, and but I think the reason for that is, in a sense, they are both salespeople. All great attorneys, especially trial attorneys, are salespeople, and Mike is a salesperson from day one. So you learn how to, if, you, if you're good at that, you can't only sell to half the world, right? You have to be able to talk to everybody.
0: See, uh, And could we use a business model then to try to get people to think more rationally? I don't know. It's not going to work? I, I'm not saying
2: it won't. It's just it's a tough question to answer.
0: Well, it is, uh, but but it's the it's the, the thing that fascinates me. And, and again, I don't think I was, you know, destined to do this or whatever, but I'm at the point in my career now where I, one of the reasons that, that uh, I started doing this show, and, you know, we've been doing it for five years now, and there's a lot of entertainment involved and all the rest of it, but I think everybody pretty much has made it clear to me, that um you know coming down on on the big stories is is definitely part of it having interesting fascinating guests on and we try to have guests on of of all stripes um that it finally just did strike me that what i'm what i want to do if i can is is drive this to be Uh, you know, uh, as big a moderate show as I possibly can. We'll have far left people on and far right people on. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm going to try to learn from a moderate position from both of them.
2: Well, the trick will be if you can uh, get people together with really different viewpoints and keep them from screaming at each other because if you don't do that, you've just recreated Fox or uh, half a dozen of these other shows. And I, I think they just light each other up because they think that's what the audience wants to see. But... If oh, yeah, can, oh yeah, if Fox you can, has yeah.
3: plenty of left people on, but yeah. they're there to spark an argument. Right.
2: It's just a it's a street fight, is what it is. So if you can do if you can pull it off without it degenerating into that, you have something. You have something that's valuable that people will be interested in. I think.
0: And that's what I want to do. And I, I, well, see, I've never done that in any case. I have never allowed people to scream at each other on my morning show. no. Nope. Uh, there'll be none of that Uh well, except none for, of that on this show
2: Except for Shirley McLean.
0: Yeah, when she called me a douchebag or whatever it was <laughs> yeah, that was awesome <laughs> She just went after me like there was no tomorrow And it wasn't even my fault It was somebody else on the show Oh, I recognize her Yeah, Shirley MacLaine was a big-time actress She's, uh, Warren I don't know, sister. she's not Warren Beatty's sister, exactly She's not the most even keel human being I've ever talked to I see What was it? What's with all this Himalayan humor? Remember? <laughs> Himalayan? That's what she said She's What's with there. all this Himalayan humor? Uh-huh. Or did she say Himalayan? Did she say I a properly? I don't
2: progress? remember. It was... Anyway, I sidetracked you. Sorry about that.
0: No, you didn't uh-huh. sidetrack me. You're right on right on uh, course, as a matter of fact, because that's exactly what I'm... I guess, you know, that, I, that I'm... Uh, Yikes. I was
3: drunk. What? In 2015, she said that the victims of the Holocaust were experiencing the results of their karma. Oh! And oh, Stephen Hawking... <laughs> oh surely. Stephen Hawking gave subconsciously developed his own ALS to make him better at physics. <sighs> what? I don't I think she might have a little bit of dementia going on. Mm, no, yeah, she's always she's been always been prettified. like that <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah,
0: that's that's nothing new but I just say, yeah, that's what I want to do is just literally become the the place to come to for a moderate opinion. You're going to get far left opinions on the show. You're going to get far right opinions on the show. But nobody's going to be – I am not going to put up with people screaming at each other. It's not going to happen. I don't do it. I don't have people on to ambush them. Uh, When I used to have Al Franken on the morning show until that final time that he began to mouth off to me. And I just – he didn't have any interest in coming back. And I had no interest in having him on. I did invite him to come on the show. When this whole thing developed where he had to step down and I would have been very polite to him. I've had people on the show, uh, this show and the KQ Morning Show, I cannot stand, but you've never heard me attack them.
3: We tried to have um, Jesse Ventura on the show, but he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's, you know, he's all about Jesse. Although he's also, yeah, does he do any show anymore? I don't think so. Or is he just hiding off the grid now? What are
0: you talking about, Andy? He's on Russian
3: television. Yeah, he's he's a little too (laughs) off the grid at this point. You know, he does a Russian television show. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he's on. He's got a TV show on Russian television. (laughs) So he and Steven Seagal,
3: apparently. Let's see if I can find out what it's called. So I thought he was. So he's not a leftist. Who Jesse? Yeah.
2: No, No, I don't know anything. No, he's not. If anything, he painted himself as a libertarian, but I I don't think he really had very evolved political thoughts. It was, you know, (laughs) he's not Donald Trump, but I think both of them were stunned that they won the elections that they won. And really weren't I think you're
0: absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, that'll happen. And I I really appreciate the fact that you blamed it on me. Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) Well, it was you guys that started all that (laughs) crap. I remember listening back in, was that 98? How long ago was that?
0: He, he, that was about 98, wasn't it? Yeah. He did tell me flat out that, that when I ran Mark Rosen for governor, that's what inspired him to run for governor. See? Because Mark Rosen got like 35 or 40,000 well, votes it's a or something.
2: Jewish conspiracy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, Thomas Edison would have hated Mark Rosen, but, uh, you know, that's one thing I, I was kind of disappointed. The one person in town. Uh, like the people like John Hines and Chad Hartman, and all those people reached out to me and congratulated me on the Hall of Fame thing. I never heard a word from Mark Rosen that kind of made me weird, sad. You
2: know, if you probably know this. A few years ago, I was doing some spots with Rosie for our Honda store. And, yeah, I remember And that. we yep. would frequently yep. talk about you, and he was you know he'd tell old stories about you guys in the early days and his face would light up. I was the greatest. It just uh, it's for that reason I'm surprised that he wouldn't have reached out. I mean, it, it clearly there's no ill feeling there. I mean, Rosie, no, I, don't, no, I don't think he dislikes anybody. He's just it's and I don't know anybody no, in the city right. that doesn't like Mark Rosen. It's it's weird to be like that well liked. I think
0: I agree. I think I think that's very very true. But uh, no, and I don't I don't think that. There, yeah, there's any ill will on either side of it. I, whenever I see Mark, it's always great to see him. All the rest of it, but it's you know you never know what's happening in somebody's life either if he's got something going on and it, you that's know true. he's got it's something he's working on that he's distracted by. So it is that, but but. Uh, yeah, that, I tell you what, that two years that I worked with Mark Rosen on the KQ Morning Show was all, eh, about two years, maybe a little longer than two years, 86, 87, 88, uh, when,
3: when CCO made him leave the show. Um, Did you know that Shirley MacLaine was a Japanese geisha in a past life? <laughs> uh, wow. Now, and, Andy's going to be uh, wired to that the rest of the day. Yeah. It's going to be the Shirley MacLaine hour. She was also an orphan raised by elephants. <laughs> oh, no. What?
2: Oh, no. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Anyway, let me finish one thing. Well, I still to this day love Mark Rose and I loved working with him. So I, I, I just people get busy and I understand that. But I thought for sure that I that I would talk to Mark about that or you know hear from him. But what what are you going to do? You know, whatever. So anyway, back to Shirley McLean and how even keeled well, she is. I mean, that's uh, pretty much the
3: uh, the crux of it. What happened to her that she's like that? I I don't know. Does I think anyone Some know? people are just kind of I don't know. They're born believing everything they hear. Like, they don't they don't question anything. So, whenever someone says something, you know, crazy, like, you used to be a Japanese geisha in a past life, they just immediately believe it. And I mean, like, I don't think it's impossible, but I also don't think it's really possible to know that it was true. So, it's like claiming it is a very strange thing. The whole past life thing, or just the fact yeah. that she was a geisha? Well, both. I mean, the, the whole thing about past life is... You don't remember it. If you'd remembered it, it would basically just be an uh, extension of your current life. See, I'm gonna be honest with
0: you. If I ever claimed to have had a past life, I would definitely claim Nostradamus, because he's given so much credit for BS that I. There's one yeah, that's guy. True. All he did was BS everybody, and people go, "Oh, look, it's exact. It's
3: very clear what he. That was not clear at all what he was saying. Well, I always liked when he made predictions like there. Uh, uh, this thing, a thing will happen near a river. At some time, and then you know something happens (laughs) near a river, and and then people are like, "Oh wow!" Isn't he
2: from like the 14th century?
3: I think so. Uh, 1555 is when he published his book. 16th century, right?
2: Uh, Name ten ten other people from the 16th century, quick.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there's people that that we've heard of that we just don't know. Probably Shakespeare, but you know,
2: you you have nine to go. Something.
3: Yeah, not only nine more to go. Pope, so but I, I do think, think. love that. Oh God, it,
0: this Nostradamus. What a, he must have been such a brilliant man. It's just a,
3: he's so vague in everything he says. Yeah, here we go. go. See, okay, okay, here we go. So Shakespeare, you got that right. No? Fifteen, very good. Uh, Galileo was born then. Mary Queen of Scots, uh, the first Queen Elizabeth, and the first Queen Mary. Okay. Oliver Cromwell, uh, oh. the original Akbar, so tons of people. That's tons a 16th of people. The is
2: pretty good, actually.
3: Yeah, Rene Des- Descartes, Pocahontas, uh, Pocahontas. There you go. Philip II of Spain, Anne Boleyn, Machiavelli, Copernicus. Look at that! Look at what we've learned today because Thomas of you, Dobbs. Oh, wow. uh, no, yeah. it's because Andy wow. was not pretty...
2: motivated enough to look it up. That's why we learned it.
3: <laughs> There's a lot. Of, that's pretty, kind uh, of a happy century. It, yeah, really. It really is. Even really. Though, even over in Asia, uh, Oda Nobunaga, who was like, uh, he basically unified Japan back then, was born in the 16th century. Andy, everybody knows all, all, all across the world. Oh, yeah, everybody knows that. Amerigo uh-huh. Vespucci, for whom America is His named. Vespucci, name. yep. yep. Amerigo Vespucci. The Vespucci-an. worst navigator mm-hmm. in the world. Here we are. Yeah, I don't.
2: Oh, wait a minute. We're no, in the I... Caribbean missed india but he was on his way to china or india that's right. or wherever it was
3: well, basically they thought that there was only the one continent so if you say west you'd hit the east part yeah. of that continent but then they uh they didn't quite understand that that was only a small part of the world that was
0: wonderful that was absolutely wonderful and i, I had a friend of mine who's a who's a member of a uh, native american tribe in minnesota he said you know People just don't realize all those years ago when my people went and discovered Russia. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> That's pretty funny. I think it's just fantastic. I think it's just wonderful, the whole the whole uh, view of everything. It's been a great show today. Great guests, as I said, Larry Singer, wonderful, wonderful guest. Stephen B. Young, always loved talking to Stephen B. Young, and I think... Uh, this last hour has been been interesting. because I've never talked about what my aim is for this show, and it's going to be a bitch to do, but I'm not going to give up on it because basically I don't have to succeed at it. So if I keep... And it's not that it's failing. I mean, it's doing very well, but I, I hope everybody embraces it. Uh, we'll close with this word from Joe from Louisville. I do believe that Shirley McLean was dropped on her head as a baby.
3: <laughs> so... <laughs> I think something happened. There you happened. Oh, as a toddler, she had weak ankles and would fall over with the slightest misstep. oh so, uh, Joe might uh, be right. Maybe, uh, maybe the old brain damage theory is...
0: <laughs> maybe he's right about that whole thing. Explain to me on the way out here now. Warren Beatty, one of the most handsome men ever born, very talented actor, a really talented guy, got all the money in the world. Why would he fall in love with Madonna? I've never understood that. He I followed I her around he like did. a little puppy. Really? Oh yeah, he followed her around like a little puppy for a while. It was just embarrassing. But I suppose he was getting older, and he didn't want to be getting older. Is that what it is? You think? Maybe that's what it was. I don't
2: Possibly. get the whole Madonna I'm glad you're here attraction. Here. Yeah, I had fun.
3: I don't at all. I know. I I've never really seen her as the most pretty woman in the world. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>